thank you so much for joining us today for worship. How are you doing? Is everyone doing okay? We're glad that you're here to, to worship. Let's, let's go and just stand together as we prepare our hearts and our minds to come into the presence of the Lord. For those that are joining us online, we're, we're grateful that you're here. Uh, we, we just want to say hello. Feel free to, to just uh, say hello in the comments there below. Um, if there's anyone in the room or online that's new, uh, we would love to hear from you. If you could just uh, text new text new to this number on your screen right now, we would greatly appreciate that. Um, and the same goes for those that are joining us again online. If you could text your full name to that same number, we would, uh, we'd love to hear from you. All right, let's, let's praise the Lord together. Is that- 
praise the Lord. Thank you. Would you please be seated? Father in heaven, we love you and we thank you for this opportunity to be in your presence today. Father, as we come together, Lord, we acknowledge, Lord, that you are perfect and pure in all of your ways. Father, we desire to be like you. Lord, we know that you are the creator of all things, Lord, all things good. And so, Lord, we just pray that you would help us and guide us in, uh, Lord, just in, in your ways, Lord. Help us to be patient as you are patient with us, Lord. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Today we are wrapping up our current series, and then next Sunday we are starting our new series called Christmas, The Untold Story. The Christmas story is not just one story, but it is compiled by a number of stories. So if you ever had a kid who added things to your nativity, maybe little superhero figurines or little army men, they really weren't that far off from reality. And so we want to encourage you to come and hear all of the different parts of the entire Christmas story throughout the month of December, because the more we know about what was going on and the impact Jesus had on our lives and on the world, the closer we can draw to him and more, me more profoundly impacted by him. So we want to encourage you, invite your friends to join you here on campus or online for the entire month of December as we look at the entire untold Christmas stories. This is a weekend where we really focus on being thankful. And one of the things that we most, must be most thankful for is God our Father. He asks us to give just a little bit back to him each week, and so we ask you to do that for him. If you're here on campus, you can give offering at the boxes by the doors, or if you're joining us online, go to our website, or just text the number, or text the word give to the number on the screen, and you can do it that way easily. Thank you. I probably say this every other month, but we're at a time at BSCC that is one of my favorite times, and that is adopt a family. We don't have trees out in the lobby this year. Instead, we have gone completely virtual with a virtual tree. All you need to do is go to the website, go to our event page, and you can help provide gifts to the children and families in our neighborhoods that are in need this Christmas. It's pretty simple. You just pick out what you'd like to give, and you can either have the gifts delivered here or you can bring them yourselves. We aren't wrapping this year, so we can allow our families um, to see the gifts and wrap them for their own children and feel like they get to take more part in it that way. So I encourage you, go to our event page on our website, and the entire wish list is right there on a link, and you can participate that way. If you have any questions, reach out to me via email. My email is on um, that event page as well. Another thing that the staff decided to do this year is for the month of December is to have daily devotions written by our staff and some of our volunteer leaders. We want to encourage you, take a few minutes each day in December to connect with God in a new and different way through a devotion written by our church. You can go to the same events page and you'll see a December devotions link there, as well as you can see it on our Facebook page and our Instagram page every single morning. It starts December 1st, which is this Tuesday already. 
If you are new to Blue Springs Christian Church, I want to encourage you to text the word new to the number on the screen. And if you're um, online with us and you're a BSCCer, you can just text your name. We appreciate you reaching out in that way so we can know who is worshiping with us. Thank you. BSCC. Uh, so glad to have you with us. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I want to say hi to everybody online. So glad that you're with us as well as everybody in the room here. Before we get into the last message in the series we've been in in James, I just wanted to take a moment to, uh, to say how thankful I am for all of you. I, I'm so thankful for my church family. I'm so thankful I'm not having to go through this pandemic alone. Uh, that, that we're able to come together as a church family. We're able to worship together as we are right now. We're able to be in, in groups. I know, you know many of you have been encouraged, been able to pray for each other and just kind of support each other uh, by being in a small group, either online, on Zoom, or, or in person. And then I've loved uh, the opportunities, the ways that we've been able to just do our on-the-move projects Every month out in the community, in some way representing the compassion of Jesus and the, and the love of God and, and, and meeting needs and encouraging people. So thank you to every one of you who've been able to be a part of those On The Move projects. And I also want to say a big thank you to everybody that's been serving in our on-campus ministries. We, we're so grateful for you. And I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for the generosity, as Almeida talked about, just the generosity of our, our church here in 2020 and, and the offerings given to, to the Lord to, through the ministry here. And then I wanted to take a moment just on behalf of my family uh, to say thank you um, to all of you um, because I know that so many you've, you, you've, you've mourned with us as we've, we've grieved the, the passing of my granddaughter. And uh, you've been there just to support us and love on us, and that, that has just meant so much. So I just thought, you know, I just wanted to take a moment on this Sunday after Thanksgiving to, uh, to let you know I appreciate so much um, you, my church family. James chapter 5. Uh, I hope, hope you had a chance to read the letter, New Testament letter James. If you haven't done that, do that this afternoon. It only take you about 20 minutes. But, but one of the reasons why we've gone through this letter is because there's so many things in these chapters that James writes about in terms of just not giving up on key areas of life that you might be discouraged in right now or you might feel weary about. And so it's just, I think, a very inspiring and uh, you know, compelling uh, letter that James writes here. And he finishes in chapter 5 by talking about not giving up on patience. And it's just a, a great way to end uh, this letter, to, to look at this character quality that challenges all of us. Now, James writes to, it says that the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. He, he writes to Jewish Christians that were living in Jerusalem, 
but then because of the persecution, were scattered all around. And in the first part of the letter, he writes about the kind of perspective that when you have this perspective, it enables you to remain joyful even as you go through trials and difficulties. And then at the end of the letter, he kind of comes back to that same idea, and he writes about, you know, patience, being patient, enduring, being faithful as you go through the challenges and difficulties of life. And so I just thought in 2020, again, this is a, a really good letter for us to be taking time on. Well, patience is, is a character quality that, that uh, doesn't come natural for probably most of us. I know it certainly isn't one that just comes naturally for me. It just seems like we're always, you know, being challenged to be impatient or to be in a hurry. I came across something from Max Lucado I thought I'd share. He said, we're the only nation on earth with a mountain called Rushmore, and we live up to its name, he said. Uh, we just always kind of seem to be in a rush. Well, before we look at these verses, I wanted to take a moment to say in the Greek, the New Testament language, there's actually two words that get translated patience uh, in English, and, and, and James uses both of them. And so I wanted to take a moment and talk about them. The first word is the Greek word uh, makrothumeo. It's a compound word. And so macro means long, and then thumeo, heat. This is where we get the word thermometer. And so you put those words together, and the idea is it takes a long time to you know, emotionally overheat, to, to, to lose my temper. You know, that, and this is what I typically think of when I think of the word patience would be makrothumeo. But there's another word in the Greek that is a very important understanding about what patience is for, for us right now. And it is the word hupomoni. And it also is a compound word. So hupo means under, and meno means to remain. So the idea here is that we choose to remain under the pressure or under the weight of the circumstances that we are having to go through, such as a global pandemic, you know. Well, James, in the first couple of verses we're going to look at from chapter 5, uses the first of these two Greek words, verses 7 and 8. Here's how we'll begin, where he writes, Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You to be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. There's many things that a farmer cannot control. You know, a farmer cannot make it rain, cannot make the sun shine. Uh, and so a farmer has got to be very patient. And so James lifts this up as an illustration to say, just as the farmer patiently waits for the rain to provide for the crops, you, we, are to faithfully, patiently wait as we live. What, what do we wait for? The Lord's return. And so James identifies right here at the start of the chapter really the motivation, ultimately, the, the source of inspiration for patience. It is this, the Lord's return. And James uses or refers to, to Jesus' return a couple of times in the verses here. He's saying to his readers, I, I, I want you to see your trials, I want you to see your suffering from a bigger picture, from a bigger perspective. And when we, when we live in this way with the anticipation of the return of Jesus, it changes how we experience and how we interpret 
uh, you know, life as, as it comes to us because we know when the Lord returns that he will make right all wrongs. And we know that he has promised that our faithfulness and the patience that we have shown in our faith in, in, in our years on earth will be rewarded, that he will remember it and he will reward it in heaven. He's promised us that. And so these, these uh, Christians that have been scattered from Jerusalem, James says, I, I, I want you to patiently wait for the Lord's return, and many of them believed that they would see the return of Jesus in their lifetime. In fact, some of the disciples saw him ascend into heaven, and they were hoping and thinking that he would return perhaps in a similar way during their lifetime. And so as we, as we seek to be patient in both of these ways that we're going to be looking at in the letter, our motivation then is the return of Jesus, the promise that we have that that will happen. Pastor Galvin Reed tells about a young man that really marked his life. This young man at the age of one fell down a, a flight of stairs, shattered his back, caused him to have to live with chronic pain in his life. And Reed heard this young man, overheard him say something about how he believed that God was a fair God. And so he asked him, he said, First of all, he asked him, how old are you? And, and the young man said, I'm 17. And he said, of those 17 years, how many have you spent in the hospital? And he said, uh, the young man said, about 13. And he said, in spite of that, you believe that God is fair. And the young man said to him, yes, because he has all eternity to make it up to me, he said. See? You know, with, with the passing of my granddaughter, I have found myself thinking more about the nearness of heaven, thinking more about the return of Jesus. And, and when, we, when we live with this perspective, it just changes things in a way that really lightens the burdens of life. Pastor Vance Havener, in his elderly years, wrote these words, I am homesick for heaven. It's the hope of dying that's kept me alive for this long. So our confidence in the return of Jesus is really what inspires both kinds of patience. The, the kind that enables us to have a long fuse. That we don't overheat quickly, we don't, we don't lose our temper, we don't lose, you know, let our anger get the best of us. We, we are patient, but then also this kind of patience where we just endure and we we remain faithful under the weight of what it is that we're having to deal with in life. So, with our motivation in place, I want us to, to look through the chapter now and look at some ways that we can express patience. Verse 9, don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Now, we talked about the power of our words earlier in this series, because chapter 3 of James is, is all about that topic. We, we talked about how our words have the power of life and death. The words have the power to make a workplace toxic, and so maybe some of you can relate to that because your workplace environment wasn't the way it is now, you know, before, but, but then somebody came in and, and was, was just very negative and, and grumbling and gossiping and complaining and just, just changed the whole environment of your workplace. That's the power of our words, that, that, that grumbling words can, can, can make neighbors, into, you know, uh, turn them into enemies. 
and, and, and words can divide a church. And James is like, if this is how you choose to use your words, just understand you will be judged for it, he says here. And so he warns us here. Instead of grumbling, then a way that we demonstrate patience is to be positive. And we've all been around people like this before where there's just something about them. And you, and you walk away from a time with them and you're like, man, they are so positive. They just always seem to be looking for a way to encourage me, looking for a way to, to sympathize with me or celebrate with me and just, and just to build me up. What is it about them? They're just... They're just you know, they seem to have a peace about them. They just seem to have their act together. When we live in light of the return of Jesus and, and the promise of, that he's coming back, the promise of it just enables us to have a much more positive outlook on life. This is why Paul, if you think about or read about what the Apostle Paul went through in his life, shipwreck, the beatings, the imprisonment, all, all of these things. He writes in 2 Corinthians 4, 17 about those things. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all, you see. It just, it just gives you such a positive perspective. James then lifts up the prophets as an example to us as the chapter goes on, verse 10. Brothers and sisters, as, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. And so James endured such hardship. Or Job, I'm sorry, as you, as you read the story of Job, and yet the Bible says that God blessed the last part of his life more than he did the, the early part of Job's life. Because he just, as he went through what he went through, he, he continued to just look to God, to turn to God, to, to depend on the mercy of God, the, the, the compassion of God, even though he didn't understand what was happening. Somehow God was going to turn the pain and the, and the evil that he had to go through into, in, into good. What he had to go through through no fault of his own. And church, God will do the same in your life as well as you turn to him and are patient and, and looking to him. And so another way that we demonstrate patience is by persevering as well. Be positive, be persevering. It was Max Lucado who uh, wrote the story about Julie Lindsay that I read that I would like to share with you. Julie was working at a hotel, the late shift of just a part-time job there, just south of Montgomery, Alabama. She was working on a, a degree at, at college, and this was helping to, to pay for, for those college bills. And so one night after, after leaving work, uh, she got confronted by two men that had a gun, put it to her head, forced her into a truck where they robbed her and repeatedly raped her. They ended up handcuffing her to a tree. She was found about 2 o'clock the next morning. Just this nightmare, she said, nearly destroyed her life. As you can imagine, uh, she, she lost her job. She, she couldn't continue to work. She, she had to quit school. She was, she, her words were shattered, lost, bewildered. How could God possibly 
bring, you know, something good out of such a horrific tragedy, out of horrific evil. Well, in time, Julie learned the answer to that question. And I want to read to you what she had to say about it. She writes, after this experience, I spent a great deal of time thinking about God. I searched and I prayed for understanding. I longed to be healed. My spirit and faith were sorely tested. My spiritual journey in the months that followed was painful, but also wonderful. God allowed me to profit from an awful and devastating event. So many good things are in my life now. I have wonderful friends, most of whom I would never have met or known if it were not for this experience. I have a job that allows me to work with and serve crime victims. I have a deeper relationship with God. I'm spiritually wiser and more mature. I have been blessed, and I'm very grateful. Now I ask you, who won? Julie now has a ministry where she speaks to groups about the healing of God and the mercy of God. And I, just, I can just picture Satan cringing every time she gives another message. What he intended for evil, God turned it around for good. He thought he was destroying a disciple of Jesus. What he ended up doing was strengthening a disciple. And Satan unknowingly advanced the kingdom of God. This is where perseverance leads. This is where this word hupomone, this is the word that is used here, where we wait and remain faithfully, patiently under the weight, under the pressure of something, leads. It leads to all kinds of blessings. James writes in verse 11, we count as blessed those who persevere. Because when you show this kind of patience, you invite the working of God in miraculous, mighty ways that change lives. For one thing, people will respect you as they, as they see your response of, of patience under the weight of what you are dealing with. And it will point people to the God of hope that you have placed your hope in as you wait for the return of Jesus. In you, it will just grow you spiritually, which is an incredible blessing. It, it will give you more peace on the inside. You'll find yourself with greater self-control, more gentleness, and, and the other fruit of the Spirit. And then ultimately, when the Lord does return, He will reward. He will remember and reward your patience, your faithfulness, as you have remained faithful under the weight of what it is that you have gone through. James continues, verse 12. Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. All you need to say is a simple yes or no, otherwise you will be condemned. Now, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this expression of patience, but another way that, that we show patience is, is when we keep our word. James, in his day, if you wanted to convince somebody of something, you would swear by something else to add extra weight to what it is that, that you were saying. And James is like, you shouldn't have to do that. You should be a person of your word, that people should know that they can trust you and count on you, that when you say yes or no, that's what you mean, that's what's going to happen. And so as I, as I thought about this in my own life, I think I'm best able to demonstrate this kind of patience when I, am, when I have put on the servant uniform for the day. 
that, that servant uniform that follows the example of Jesus who came not to be served but to serve. I'm not trying to control everything. I'm just, I just want to be a servant. And so if I say I'm going to do something, then I'm going to, I'm going to follow through even if it ends up taking a lot more time or gets a lot more complicated than I anticipated, you see. And so we need to, to be people who are honest and keep our word, and that at times can definitely require patience. The chapter goes on. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with the oil, with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And so here James reminds us that our prayers will accomplish much in our lives and in the lives of others. And so James begins the letter by writing, if you need wisdom, pray and ask God to give you that wisdom, and he will. And then he comes back at the end of the letter and he says, if, you know, to, to, to pray, not just if you need wisdom, but really, really to pray about whatever situation is going on in your life, if you're in trouble, if you're sick, if you're happy, if you need to be forgiven, he says, just pray. And so another way that we demonstrate and express our patience is, is when we pray about everything. And we, we, just, we just bring everything to the Lord. Now let me try to describe for you how prayer really helps me with patience. Uh, if you've had an opportunity to come and worship with us on campus, you may have seen me out in the lobby, and I've had several of you over the months in the, in the lobby uh, as, I, as you've come in and said, hey, Dave, where's your glasses, you know? Uh, because I, I, I don't like to, I try not to wear my glasses when I have my mask on because it fogs up my glasses. And I can see about seven to ten feet pretty well. And so I can usually tell, okay, who's coming in there <laughs> as, as you come on in with my glasses off. And now you get, a, you get beyond ten feet and, it, and it's blurry for me. But prayer is kind of like putting on my glasses because it just clears the vision up for me so much. And I can just see things much better when I'm praying, whether, you know, it's in the car or in the office or at home with Tammy or by myself. But I, if I'm talking to God, I just have a much better focus that does wonders for my patience. It just, it just brings God so much cl more clearly into focus. I see how great he is. I see how big he is. I see how small I am and dependent upon him. I, I, as I, I pray, I'm just reminded that God, his ways are higher, his thoughts are higher, his love is deeper, his vantage point is he, he just sees it all so, so much, so superior to mine that I could, just, I could just rest as I bring whatever it is to him in prayer. And again, as I, when I do this, as I do this, it just does wonders for my patience. James then lifts up Elijah as an example for us here. Verse 17. Elijah was a human being even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed and the heavens gave rain and the earth produced its crops. So it's the responsibility of the prophets to get the people of God to honor God in the way they were living. And in Elijah's time, I mean the, the leadership had become so corrupt and so violent 
the wickedness had become a trivial thing. People it didn't really give it a second thought. And so Elijah's like desperate times call for desperate measures. And he prays, God, close the heavens. Can you just imagine praying this prayer? God, I'm going to ask you that in this part of the world it not rain for an extended period of time, like years, to get people's attention. And God says, yes. And that drought drives the people of Israel to their knees. And then Elijah prays again, and he says, okay, God, open the heavens up. We, we are desperate for rain, and God brings the rain. Friends, God hears, and he cares, and he responds to the prayers of his people. Now, it says here, the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. Who's he talking about here? He's talking about somebody who has enough self-awareness that they, they come to a place of, of humility where they say, you know, the, the only way that I'm going to be in a right relationship with God is through Jesus Christ. That I come to God in the name of and in the righteousness of Jesus. That I've given my life to Jesus. I seek to follow Jesus each day with my life. That as I, as I live in this kind of faithful, patient way, that our prayers then will be powerful and they will be effective. Here's how he closes the letter. Verses 19 and 20. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. James is now down to the last couple of sentences. And to me, it's like he's saying, okay, here's what's most important. That if you see somebody wandering from God, love that person, reach out to them, seek to lead them back to their Savior. That takes courage, that takes compassion, and it often takes great patience. And so another way that we show patience is when we help others turn to God. And I'm just going to tell you what is, you know, a great fear of mine in this pandemic. It's that because of all of these restrictions and all of these health concerns that we have about meeting together, that wandering from God, the temptation to just stray from your faith is, is greater, it's stronger than it ever has been before. And so we, we, we need to be there for each other, church, in this way. I, the way I read this, you know, James is, is writing about somebody who doesn't necessarily intentionally wander away from God. It just sort of happens. And so we, we need to love each other in this way where, where we reach out to somebody. If, if, if you see somebody that, that uh, it appears, you know, is, is maybe struggling in their faith, is, is you know, maybe gotten upset with God or, or, or just, you know, walking in a direction away from what would be, you know, God and what he has shared and his word would be his plans for us just to, just to say, I, I care about you. I'm concerned about you. I love you. I, I just wanted to, to reach out to you and, and see how you're doing and, and help that person in any way you can turn back to God. And, and, and I know that that is not, you know, to confront somebody about their faith in a loving, we certainly do it in a loving way, but to do that, it's not necessarily a fun thing to do. But wouldn't you want somebody to do that for you? I know I would want somebody to do that for me. 
And if you think about it, if you don't do it, if you don't reach out and pray for that person, I mean, who will? Has not God brought that to your attention for that very reason? And so we just need to be the church for each other here in this very important way that James closes out his letter. Now, if you would say, Dave, these last couple of verses in the letter, James is actually writing about me. I, I just want to reassure you, God will welcome you back warmly. He waits with us. God patiently waits for every single one of us. He loves you. He will care for you. He wants to save you from your sins. He wants to grow you up to be the person that he created you to be. So if you'd like to talk with someone about turning your life back toward God and receiving the forgiveness that he has for you in Jesus Christ, the new life that he has for you in Jesus, we're going to put a phone number up on the screens, and you can just text the word RESPONSE to that number, and one of our ministers will reach out to you. Is God speaking to you about doing that right now? Hear his voice. Let, let me just ask you, how do you need patience? With what's happening in your life? How do you need patience? Do you need the kind of patience where you uh, don't lose your temper? You know, you, you, uh, it takes a long, long time for you to you know, overheat it emotionally and lose your anger. Do you need that kind of patience? Or maybe you say, no, what's going on right now is I, I need the kind of patience where I am able to just faithfully remain under the weight, remain under the pressure that you're feeling with what's going on right now. Or maybe you would say, Dave, actually, I need both right now. Patience is a character quality that challenges all of us deeply. But it is achievable. It is most definitely achievable in the power of God, with God at work in our lives. So let's seek Him together. Would you join me? Let's, let's ask God for that help. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we finish up this wonderful letter, we want to praise you and honor you for the patient God that you are. We, we know the Bible says the reason Jesus hasn't returned is because you are patiently waiting for more people to say yes to the grace to the forgiveness and salvation that is found in the name of Jesus. And we know, Jesus, the reason you came was to do that very work and that you patiently endured the cross for us. Oh, if you would do that for us, we can trust you. We can trust and, and ask that your Holy Spirit would grow this fruit of patience within us, that we would, we would shine like bright stars in a, in a dark world with the patience that we show in being positive, in keeping our word, in, in patiently praying, being persistent in our prayers, in the way in which we persevere, the way in which we endure when, when the weight of life is, is very heavy. We thank you, Jesus, that you invite us to yoke ourselves with you. And as we do, that burden becomes so much lighter. Our hope is in you. 
and the victory that you will bring upon your return, that, that we're able to, to know that we, we are victorious every day now in Christ. For greater is the one who is in us than the one in this world, that we are more than conquerors in all things through you who have loved us. Do this work in us that we might honor you and be faithful to you as we wait and anticipate your return. We love you, Lord. We lift this prayer up to you in the name of our Savior, Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Let's stand together and sing.
that you were able to grab a communion cup as you came in and we're going to just end our time together in communion uh, with the Holy Spirit as, as he has poured out his, his life for us. That the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is alive in us. Yeah, feel free to go ahead and just have a seat there. For those that are joining us online, we also want to invite you into this time as well. Whether or not you have the, the supplies, that's okay. But for those that profess Jesus as Lord, this time is for you. Uh, just, to, just to remember the sacrifice of Jesus on our behalf. So let's go and just take the top off and we're gonna eat in remembrance of the body that was broken. church in the same way that we also partake of the body. Let's also drink in remembrance of the blood that was shed.
Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we are just so grateful for your spirit. Lord, we are grateful for your patience with us. Father, we, we realize, Lord, as, as, as we just get frustrated with one another and, and, and so on and so forth, Lord, we, we are just reminded of our need for grace. Lord, our need for patience. And Father, you've extended that to us, Lord. So help us in the same way you extend that to others. Father, we, we just continue to ask for your patience towards us, Lord, as, as we seek you, as we desire to be more like you. Father, help us to call upon your name daily. Lord, just, just the power and, and the presence of your spirit within us, Lord, that, that, that is patient, that is kind, that is loving. Lord, help us to walk in those things as you walk in those things, Lord. Father, go with us now as, as we leave, go about our, our ways, Lord. We just pray that you would guide us, help us to honor you in everything we do. And it's in your name we pray, amen. Well, thank you again so much for joining us today. We are glad whether you're online or here in person, uh, we pray that you have just a wonderful, wonderful day. Uh, just uh, enjoy your time with your family, uh, for those that, that may still be in town from Thanksgiving, and uh, just thank you again so much for being here. If you could just stay put for a minute, we're gonna dismiss you. Uh, but other than that, I pray you have a great day. Bye-bye.